Good morning. Today's Thursday, November 16th, 2023, and this is 5 at 8 with your hosts, Linda Carlisle and Mark Overman. In this episode, we will talk about the news of the day. The European Bank for Reconstruction and Development plans to double its investment in Ukraine with a 4 billion euro capital increase. Plummeting prices for critical metals could hinder global decarbonization efforts. The James Webb Space Telescope has discovered a distant gas giant planet with sand clouds. U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping are set to hold a high-stakes meeting in California. And the European Union has reached a provisional agreement to regulate methane gas emissions. Stay tuned for all the details. Story number one. The European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, EBRD, has taken the first step towards a 4 billion euro capital increase, which would allow it to double its annual investment in Ukraine, as reported by Reuters. The EBRD has already allocated 3 billion euros to Ukraine for 2022 to 2023 and is seeking to provide significant and sustained investment for the country. The capital increase is in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the EBRD's recognition that support for Ukraine should be its highest priority. The proposal will be decided by the end of the year, and if approved, the added funds would be available in 2025. This would mark the EBRD's third capital increase in its history. Tell you what, Linda, this move by the EBRD to potentially double its annual investment in Ukraine is quite significant. We're talking about a potential capital increase of 4 billion euros. That's a hefty sum dedicated to a country that's been facing, well, quite some turbulence due to the Russian invasion. Yes, Mark. And it's not just about the numbers, it's about the message it sends, too. It reflects the recognition by international financial institutions of their crucial role in providing stability and contributing to the recovery of conflict-ridden nations. The EBRD's increased support for Ukraine, especially after the invasion, is a prime example of this. It reminds me of similar financial interventions we've seen in the past. Take, for instance, the World Bank's aid to post dubber 2 Europe. By providing loans and expertise, these institutions play a key role in rebuilding economies and infrastructure devastated by conflict. I'm glad you brought up history, Mark. It's important to remember that these financial interventions don't exist in a vacuum. They're part of a larger geopolitical landscape. In the case of Ukraine, the EBRD's support could potentially alter the dynamics of the conflict with Russia. It sends a message of solidarity and a promise of economic resilience. Yet we mustn't forget that such moves can also carry risks. They could escalate regional tensions if perceived as favoritism or interference. I guess, uh, the challenge is to balance the need for economic support with the need to maintain regional stability. Not an easy task by any means. No, indeed, Mark. And the EBRD's proposal is not without its complexities. If approved, the first payments from the added funds won't be available until 2025. That's quite a timeline considering the urgency of the situation in Ukraine. It underscores the need for long-term planning and commitment when it comes to economic recovery in conflict zones. Story number two. Plummeting prices for platinum and other critical metals, as reported by the Wall Street Journal, pose a threat to mining investment needed for the development of new supplies, potentially hindering global decarbonization efforts. The drop in prices has led to supply-side moves in South Africa including mine closures and job cuts. The decline in investment could have long-term consequences as it takes significant time and capital to establish new mines. 
The shortage of materials extracted by miners could impede government's ambitious renewable energy goals. Platinum and iridium, both crucial for producing low-emission hydrogen, are forecasted to experience a surge in demand. The current down cycle may halt deal-making and mine exploration in the sector, as many South African Platinum Group metal miners are selling their output at production cost, eroding profitability. The cautious approach of miners in response to the situation, as stated by the Wall Street Journal, is expected to surprise observers. There's a saying, what goes up must come down, and I think it perfectly describes the current situation in the platinum mining industry. These down cycles are nothing new. The industry has seen fluctuations before, and it's just a part of the business. Yes, Mark. While it's true that the mining industry is cyclic, what's concerning is the potential impact of this downturn on global decarbonization efforts. Platinum isn't just a precious metal, it's critical to the production of low-emission hydrogen. With falling prices and reduced investments, we could see a shortage that could stymie progress towards cleaner energy sources. Well, Linda, I see your point. But let's not forget that every industry has its risks. It's all about navigating those risks and finding opportunities. Remember, when emission regulations tightened in the U.S., China, and Europe, the demand for platinum group metals soared the industry can bounce back. That's true, Mark. But it took a regulatory push to drive that demand. The current down cycle could stall mine exploration and deals in the sector. South African miners are now selling their output close to the cost of production. That's a dangerous position for any industry to be in. This isn't just about navigating risks. It's about the long-term sustainability of the industry and its role in the energy transition. I understand, Linda, but you know, necessity is the mother of invention. This could be a wake-up call for the industry to innovate and find more efficient, cost-effective ways to mine platinum. The industry has faced challenges before and found ways to overcome them. That's a hopeful perspective, Mark. But let's not forget that innovation and change often come with their own costs. Lowering costs often means job losses. And in a country like South Africa, that's a significant concern. This isn't just an industry issue. It's a socioeconomic one. I agree, Linda. Job losses are indeed a grave concern. But we need to balance that with the larger goal of achieving a sustainable future. It's a tricky situation, no doubt. It's about finding the middle ground where we can support both the industry and the workers, while also pushing for cleaner energy. Yes, Mark. Striking that balance is the key. But it's easier said than done. It requires careful planning strategic investments, and most importantly, a long-term vision. This is not just about the next quarter's profits, it's about our planet's future. Story number three. Observations made by the James Webb Space Telescope suggest that a distant gas giant planet called WASP-107b has clouds made of sand, as reported by NPR. These sand clouds behave similarly to water on Earth, falling like rain towards the planet's hotter interior and evaporating to form clouds again. This discovery highlights the existence of various types of bizarre clouds in the universe. The planet, known for its low density and fluffy nature, allowed scientists to study its atmosphere in detail due to the ample starlight filtering through. The powerful JWST, with its ability to detect infrared light, revealed unexpected findings, such as the absence of methane and the presence of sulfur dioxide. The composition of the clouds on WASP-107b resembles silicate material behaving like water. 
This breakthrough confirms the existence of sand clouds and opens up possibilities for further discoveries of peculiar clouds on distant planets. There's something almost poetic about this, don't you think, Linda? A hot gas giant, over 200 light years away from us, having clouds of sand that behave like our water clouds. It's like the universe is playing with the rules, taking familiar elements and remixing them in ways we wouldn't have imagined. It certainly is thought-provoking, Mark. It's a testament to the infinite diversity and complexity of the cosmos. The fact that sulfur dioxide was detected instead of the expected methane and the presence of these sand clouds really challenges our preconceived notions about what planetary atmospheres can be made of. It's like we've been given a new puzzle to solve. And, you know, each of these discoveries is another piece of the puzzle. Who would have thought we'd find a planet with clouds of sand? It's pretty wild stuff. Makes you wonder what else is out there, doesn't it? And it's not just about the thrill of discovery. It's about what these discoveries tell us about our own planet. By understanding extreme weather phenomena on distant planets, we can learn more about the processes that govern our own weather and climate systems. Right. It's like looking into a cosmic mirror. We see all these wildly different planets, and yet they help us understand our own home better. And here's something that tickles my imagination. What if there's life out there that thrives in these sand clouds, just as we thrive with our water clouds? That's an interesting speculation, Mark. It definitely broadens our perspective on the search for extraterrestrial life. We tend to look for life as we know it, but life elsewhere could be adapted to very different conditions. It's remarkable how each new discovery widens the boundaries of our understanding and imagination. Story number four. U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping are set to hold a high-stakes meeting in California. Both leaders have different goals for the talks. Xi Jinping wants to appear as if he is steering U.S.-China relations into calmer waters, as he has faced political setbacks and needs a public win. He is particularly concerned about his image at home. The topics likely to be discussed include freedom of navigation in the South China Sea, U.S. support for Taiwan, and trade restrictions on new technologies. On the other hand, Biden's goal is to prevent relations between the two countries from further deteriorating. He wants China to use its influence with Iran to prevent provocative actions in the Middle East and to warn against China providing Russia with deadly military equipment. Biden also aims to reestablish military communications to avoid misunderstandings. The biggest point of contention is Taiwan, and avoiding further deterioration in relations over this issue would be considered a victory. Economic and trade matters, such as the ban on certain semiconductor chips and concerns about Chinese-made fentanyl flooding the U.S., will also be discussed. Biden believes his experience in foreign affairs and personal relationships with world leaders make him well-equipped to defuse global tensions, and this meeting will serve as a significant test of that. According to the BBC, U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping are set to hold a high-stakes meeting in California. Both leaders have different goals for the talks. Xi Jinping wants to appear as if he is steering U.S.-China relations into calmer waters, as he has faced political setbacks and needs a public win. He is particularly concerned about his image at home. The topics likely to be discussed include freedom of navigation in the South China Sea, U.S. support for Taiwan, and trade restrictions on new technologies. On the other hand, Biden's goal is to prevent relations between the two countries from further deteriorating. He wants China to use its influence with Iran to prevent provocative actions in the Middle East 
and to warn against China providing Russia with deadly military equipment. Biden also aims to re-establish military communications to avoid misunderstandings. The biggest point of contention is Taiwan, and avoiding further deterioration in relations over this issue would be considered a victory. Economic and trade matters, such as the ban on certain semiconductor chips and concerns about Chinese-made fentanyl flooding the U.S., will also be discussed. Biden believes his experience in foreign affairs and personal relationships with world leaders make him well-equipped to defuse global tensions, and this meeting will serve as a significant test of that. Can you believe it, Linda? Biden and Xi meeting amidst such tense global environment? Seems like the stakes have never been higher. These are two of the world's most powerful leaders, both grappling with some serious internal and external pressures. It's not just about their respective countries. The impact of their actions and decisions can ripple across the globe. As we saw in the article, trade conflicts, territorial disputes, and diplomatic maneuvering are all on the table. It's a delicate dance of maintaining national interests while seeking international consensus. Right you are, Linda. It's a high-stakes poker game, and they're both playing for keeps. Now, Biden has got his work cut out for him. He's dealing with a resurgent China that's flexing its muscles in the South China Sea and showing support for Taiwan. Plus, there's the economic aspect. The U.S. ban on exporting certain semiconductor chips to China is a major sticking point. But don't forget about Xi Jinping's challenges. He's facing political pressure at home, with youth unemployment, tech layoffs, housing crisis, and the recent abandonment of zero-COVID policy causing unrest. Navigating these internal issues while managing foreign relations is not an easy task. Certainly not, Linda. You know, this kind of reminds me of the Cold War-era diplomacy. Only now, it's not just ideological battles, but economic and technological ones. And it's not just the U.S. and China— the ripple effect of their actions can destabilize global peace. A very apt point, Mark. We're in a new era of diplomacy, where power dynamics are shifting and nations are grappling with new complexities. It's not just about military might anymore. Economic strength, technological prowess, and even perception management play a huge role. Story number five. The European Union has reached a provisional agreement to regulate methane gas emissions from the fossil gas oil, and coal industry, as reported by Washington Post. Methane is a major contributor to climate change and also poses health risks. The deal requires companies to measure, monitor, report, and reduce their methane emissions. It also bans routine venting and flaring and limits venting from thermal coal mines. The agreement needs formal approval before it can be implemented. China and the United States have also pledged to address methane emissions and other greenhouse gases. The EU aims to establish ambitious climate and biodiversity targets through the European Green Deal. Where it really strikes me is how this provisional agreement is a significant stride towards addressing one of the major contributors to climate change, methane gas emissions. Just imagine, an industry-wide mandate to measure, monitor, report, and even verify their methane emissions. That's a first. Certainly it's a step in the right direction, especially given that methane is far more potent as a greenhouse gas compared to carbon dioxide. And the fact that these regulations will be applied to imports as well, that's quite a game-changer. It's about time the environmental cost is factored in, don't you think? Not to mention, this could potentially set a global precedent for other nations to follow, including the big players like the U.S. and China. It's like a ripple effect, and we're at the epicenter. But, uh... As always, the devil's in the details. 
How effectively these measures are implemented and enforced, that's the real test. Agreed, Mark. Just like in the past, we've seen regulations on carbon emissions, but the challenge has always been in the execution. The same goes for this new methane legislation. It's a commendable move, but we need to ensure that there's proper oversight and that companies are held accountable. And let's not forget about the European Green Deal. This methane regulation is kind of the linchpin, the, the cornerstone, if you will, of that deal. So, in many ways, the success of these measures would directly impact the aspirations of the Green Deal. The broader goal is to establish the most ambitious climate and biodiversity targets in the world. We can only hope that this legislation, if approved and properly enforced, will contribute substantially towards that. But as we've seen, balancing environmental responsibility with economic pressures is never an easy task. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.